let your presence heal and make us whole deep inside. We desire to hear from only you. For what you speak always comes true. You never lie. All your promises are yes and amen. So today, fulfill your purpose, Lord. Fulfill your plan. Let us not be in the way of what you do. Take your liberty and freedom to move. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come. Have your way.
what you're doing this evening i'm sure you are if you're tuning in to this particular broadcast on the 13th day of august then you're about praising the lord that is your heart desire and so this is pastor carl henderson with cornerstone apostolic church and you're listening to sunday morning live on a thursday we're inside the pages and we're in the pages because we want to lift the Lord up. We're praying as well. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, we welcome you uh, in this place, in this place, this personal place of ours. You know, uh, I, a seat has been prepared in my heart. And I pray and hope that you have prepared a place in your heart as well for the Lord so that he can occupy it. And uh, he is king. He is Lord. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m. and Tuesday Bible class at 7 p.m. and Acts of the Holy Ghost on Thursdays at 9 p.m. And that's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about the Holy Ghost, the Acts of the Holy Ghost, the movement of God, what he's doing, because there's no greater move. I don't care what the politicians are doing, what kings, what princes and what people are doing around the world. Nothing supersedes what the hand of God and what he's doing. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, I'm faithful, bold, the church. We believe the best way to face opposition 
And if you didn't know this, I'm, I'm telling you, I know it for myself. The best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you to this evening for your goodness. We honor you for your grace, O oh Lord God, for those that are preparing to lay down and rest. Lord God, there are some that are in the middle of their day and there are others that are getting up to start their day. We just pray and ask that you would bless, Lord God, each individual, Lord God, to, to think of you. Let your presence be with them. Lord God, the words that they hear, uh, whether it is live this evening or uh, later on, that it be an encouragement to their hearts. Lord God, strengthen them, help them as they pilgrim, uh, as we journey along this way. Lord God, uh, for your protection, to nurture the relationship that we have with you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're in the ninth chapter of Acts, and I, I hope that you had a good day. If you're waking up, that you'll have a good day. And if you land down, the best way to rest is to have, keep your mind on Jesus. Uh, we're in the ninth chapter of the book of Acts, uh, verses 1 through 9. It says, And Saul, breathing out threatenings and slaughters against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogue, uh, that if he found any, any uh, this way, whether they are men, don't matter if it's women, uh, he might bring them bound. He's going to arrest them and bring them unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly uh, there shone, shone or shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Thou, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now, a prick is something that you may have seen and didn't know exactly what it was but it is a tool or a spike that is used to, um, when they're out plowing the field and the animal kind of get a little sluggish, give them a little poke with something sharp. And so it was a prick and you don't want to kick against it. You don't want to be stuck with a prick either. And so that was a tool that they used in that day. It's interesting to note that, that uh, Saul had enough sense to ask, uh, Lord, who are you? And, you know, um, I've heard through the years, and I've always felt it was ridiculous uh, to to ask the question, you know, being told that you should not ask, uh, you should not question God. That's the way they would say it. You should not question God. But how are you going to get any answers if you don't ask the question? And we don't find it in Scripture where people are not uh, interacting with the Lord. He said, come, let us reason together. And so Paul asked, uh, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord answered, the Lord said, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the prick. And he trembling, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, wilt thou, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. 
and the men was journeying with him stood speechless look at that they were speechless uh, of course hearing a, a voice but seeing no man and Saul arose from the earth and when his, his eyes his eyes was open uh, he saw no man but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus and there and he was there three days with without sight he couldn't see and neither did drink or eat or eat or drink anything Saul's mission was terrible this man was on a mission to go and to arrest he was threatening he was he was very uh, demonstrative about what he was going to do uh, breathing out threatening and slaughtering slaughters against the disciples of the Lord and he went to the high priest now the high priests were very active in the affairs or against affairs of the ministry uh, as you have uh, if you've been following along or maybe you've read on your own that they were always you know look they arrested uh, uh, Peter and Peter and John they were going to the temple and there was a man that was there that was that had been uh, lame he couldn't walk needed strength needed help was there begging and and they healed the man and uh the, it was a miracle and the scripture is interesting because the scripture says that the man was over 40 years old which really wanted to place uh, luke in his writing uh, god bless him um wanted to really emphasize that this was just not a fluke you know nobody could say oh well you know he was just young a young kid and all of a sudden you know he overcame the uh, what was dealing what he was dealing with in his body you know this man had been that way uh, for well over 40 years and he received a miraculous healing in the name of Jesus and so uh, the, the priest and they were so upset and they got upset and arrested him and questioned him uh, how did you do this and whose name did you use and so the high priest they uh, they were always involved in the affairs of the ministry uh, they it doesn't mean they acted and they didn't act in good conscience of course and they were not certainly were not ambassadors for christ their position was to disrupt the movement uh, not realizing the actions were furthering the evangelistic plans of god you know the enemy can come and fight against you but there but the enemy's fight no matter who he's using uh will further the gospel it might hinder it, it might seem like it's hindering but if you're sincere, if your heart is made up and you're wholly serving the Lord, uh, you know, it's going to work to your good because the Bible said all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord. Uh, even if it stopped you or appeared to stop you for the moment, uh, the testimony that you have of deliverance, the testimony that you will have of how God worked it out and to encourage someone else of what they might be dealing with. And we don't know what people are dealing with in, you know, around the world. Uh, there are different uh, politics, there are different persecutions that are going on, which means that we have a lot of praying to do. You know, we, we're uh, people so caught up in praying for things. There are souls that need to be prayed for, strengthened, uh, you know, and uh, and I, I'm going to keep emphasizing the fact that they even need visitation and maybe God wants to use you uh, to go and visit another country. And God knows how to do that. He did it with uh, Deacon Philip, you'll have to go back and read that in the eighth chapter, what God did. 
and what he did in that damn time he's doing today and let me say this if the power of god has been diminished because of time uh, then all of us are hopeless all of us are wasting our time uh, and that's if you believe that i don't believe that the power of god is greater today than it has ever been uh, no matter what's going on the power of god it supersedes that the bible said where there's more sin there's more grace and so the grace of god is uh, roaming the land, going to and fro, and helping and available for us. And we need to share that message with others. And the Bible said, uh, lets us know that uh, his desire, he got a letter to go to Damascus, uh, to the synagogues, that if he found any uh, in the way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And Saul went to the religious authority. Now, this was a few men who, now, the, the religious authority in, in that day and time, they were under uh, Roman suppression. And, but the Roman government had set them up to have a little bit of control over the children of Israel and their religious belief, uh, Judaism. Uh, and, but when they heard Jesus and saw the extended ministry of Jesus, there was an impact. And that impact is what Paul was working on. He was there when Philip, uh, he was there when uh, Deacon Stephen had, preached at and exhorted the word of God that caused the people to act like animals. They, they, they just began to act very, well, I'll just say it. They, they began to act like a fool, uh, sticking the fingers in their ears. They ran upon him and start biting him with his teeth and then stepped back and picked up boulders and, and start throwing them at him and killed him. And, uh, and Paul was there because the Bible said that the people that was doing this laid there coat and, and things at the feet of a young man and that was Saul. Listen, God is looking for us to be a partaker of the expanded ministry and and have an impact today. As Saul journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly uh, there was a light round about him, uh, a light from heaven. And we know or define a light as a natural agent that stimulates or make things visible and illumination, even a source that can ignite something. Uh, there is the sun, the S-U-N, and there is the and there is the sun, S-O-N. And Saul's uh, light, the experience that uh, that he had, was greater than the S-U-N. It was much greater than that. And uh, they were traveling to Damascus under this S-U-N, but the S-O-N showed up. And it was and it was nothing he could do at that moment. Uh, after spending a considerable amount of time of unlearning. Now, remember, Paul was a scholar. And and so he had spent some time uh, learning and uh, in his in his own resume. He talks about being a Pharisee of the Pharisees and sitting at the feet of uh, Gagamil and, uh, and and learning and, and learning uh, the law and just being skilled. And so there was a lot of things that he had to unlearn and learn uh, in his day. Uh, Paul spent, uh, after this conversion, I'm way ahead of myself, in the, and so I'm going to digress in a moment here. But um, Paul wrote in the scripture, Corinthians said, For God commanded the light to shine out of darkness and have shined uh, in our hearts and given light to the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And Saul experienced the light 
uh, spoken about. I, I believe that the light, the very light that he was experiencing was spoken about by John the uh, in the first chapter where John says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made and it was life and the life was the light of men. So when when Paul experienced the light, he was not only experiencing uh, an illumination, but he was experiencing uh, life had stepped before him and stopped him in his tracks. He was on his way to arrest and to bind, which was going to bring about death, uh, but life got in the way. And so the light shined in darkness and the darkness comprehended at night. Uh, didn't understand who he was. Uh, who art thou, Lord? See, he didn't understand. And God revealed himself. Uh, neither was uh, a man sent from God, John. Uh, and so there came a witness. And his witness bare uh, witness of the light that all men through him might believe. And that light was Jesus Christ. He was not the light. John was not the light. Uh, I'm not the light. You're not the light. We're bearing witness of the light. Uh, but as John was sent to bear witness of the light, that was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh un into the world. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. The same word uh, that was there in the beginning when God said, let there be light, spirit, the word that went forth, that same word was manifested as the son of God. And so Saul was being moved from the mundane. You know, he was a Pharisee. Remember I said that? And he was he was moving from the mundane. He thought he was something, but that was temporary. That was that was very mundane. You know, it was an achievement and accomplishment, but it was it was not something that God um, uh, wanted of him. God wanted something else. And he even God even circumvented. I like to say and when I looked at this, I'm like, wow, the Lord circumvented the permissive. Uh, you know, that so many are comfortable and so many of us are, are comfortable with the permissive will of God rather than looking for his divine will. And God took Paul right from uh, being mundane into the divine. You know, that was very acceptable in that day and time where the people of God and what they experienced was not as the same as today. We're so comfortable with, with just uh, with just the same. Um, how do I want to say this? But, but we're so comfortable with asking for things that we met, that we're missing out. Many are missing out on the divine will of God. You know, I, I, I believe I said recently that if we if we get in the divine will of God and there's a need, uh, there's a scripture that someone just recently quoted said that I'll give you the desires of your heart. Well, you know, the divine will will usher in uh, the desires of your heart much quicker then you praying about it uh, because God is, will work that miracle and understand that the working of miracles, signs and wonders was no strange thing to the apostles. It was no strange things. There was no gimmicks or anything like that. You know, um, when we read about how the Samaritans had received the word of God, there was a man that was there uh, that wanted to buy um, that he might lay hands on others and they received the Holy Ghost. Uh, he was used to working in that uh, type of uh, uh, re atmosphere, and he was told no. As a matter of fact, Peter rebuked him and told him he needed to repent and ask God for some assistance. And that's in the eighth chapter. You can go back and read that again. Saul was clueless. 
Saul was clueless about the chain of events that was set into motion when he visited the high priest and he picked up the letter of authority and he jumped on his horse. You know, I was kind of fooling around with this and I'll just share this with you. But I just believe, you know, I don't I don't know. This is bear with me in my folly. But, you know, when uh, he got that letter, I kind of imagine something like this. And somebody said, don't do that again. You know, when we consider what Paul was doing or what he was trying to do, God put a stop to it. And that stop was permanent. Now, the Bible didn't say that he jumped on a horse and high old silver, you know, everything. That was just me fooling around. But listen, uh, Paul and his entourage were uh, what they were about to do was to blaspheme God. And it wasn't the first time they just happened or didn't know that they were blaspheming God. His, him and his entourage was blasphemers, persecuting believers, and they did it out of ignorance. However, some people don't share that same excuse because they know the truth and they've chosen to fight against it. There are many people today that know the word of God and they've turned. They're fighting against the truth. But let me tell you, truth will always win. And you need to tell yourself that so that you remain in the truth. Truth will always win. Truth is like an air bubble. It, it can only be held down for so long. Eventually, it's going to come up. Many have claimed uh, to have seen the light, but it did not cause a life-changing experience. You, you know, many people, I saw the light, you know, almost died and I saw the light, but it didn't bring about a change in their life. They went back to living and doing the things that they used to do. There are people that are uh, dance, you know, sort of like a dance academy. Uh, they hear a little bit of the music playing and all of a sudden they start dancing around and, and they say, oh, that was an anointed service. No, that was just you bouncing around. You know, babies bounce when they hear music uh, because you're shouting and lifting up your voice loud. That's just an audible sound that you can roll around the floor and you can speak with multiple languages. And, and let me say that's a topic for another time, but uh, you can do all of that. But if there isn't a change in your life, you will die in sin. You will go to hell and then be cast into the lake of fire because your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, I, uh, that's the word of God. And that's something that all of us have to be aware of. The Bible tells us in Revelation, the 20th chapter, verse 11 through 15, he said, I saw a great book, a great white throne and him that sat on it, whose face the earth and the heavens fled away and there was no place uh, for them. And I saw the dead. I saw the dead, both small and great, stand before God, rich, poor, don't matter what your social status is, you're going to stand before God. And the books were open and another book was open. There are multiple books. Their books were open and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead was were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead uh, which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. 
this is the second death. And whosoever, listen to this, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Also, that is a terrible fate. But understand, uh, those that believe and act in accordance with the word of God will not be in the lake of fire. Matter of fact, we'll be there. We'll be receiving rewards and we will judge angels and we will be a witness unto all that the chain of events that will occur uh, in that time. And so you want to be in the word of God. That's that's why we're in the pages, not because of intellectual knowledge, not interested in knowing about God, because the devil believes in God and tremble. He's not obedient to God. And so you want to be obedient to whatever the Lord is saying, whatever his will is. You know, that's the prayer that we should be praying. Lord, what is your will for me? And in the meantime, you don't have to have an answer from God to be obedient. You can. His will is written all through the word. Uh, the Bible said the books were open. And uh, another book was open, which is the book of life. So you have enough information to please God. And so the Bible said he fell on the earth. Uh, Paul, Paul fell on the earth and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? I'm Jesus, whom thou persecuted. It's hard for thee to kick against the prick. You wonder why some people are miserable. Why, when you try to talk to them about the Lord or something, that they act all crazy and get all face all tuned up and smeared and looking all ugly and stuff, is because they're kicking against the prick. Now, they've heard from God. You're just another witness that have come along to add a little water to the seed that had been planted, and they're kicking against it because something, uh, uh, something they don't want to hear, something they resist in. You know, and so uh, the Bible said and he was trembling and astonished and said, Lord, what would you have me to do? And that's what we should be asking the Lord uh, every day. Lord, what do you want me to do? You know, uh, I was driving down the street today and I saw a man um, standing. It was hot, you know, 100 degrees out here in Southern California. And I was and I felt in my spirit, you know, I'm going to the store. So I might as I should buy him a cold bottle of water and uh and and some lunch and then i'm praying lord uh, i hope i see him on my way back you know i don't want to have a conversation with him i don't want to do anything else i just want to be a blessing uh, to that individual and so uh, we need to know lord what would you have me to do and the lord said arise get up and go to the city and it shall be told thee what thou must m-u-s-t what you must do there was someone in the city that had been prepared to greet and serve Paul. Can that look? Can the Lord send Saul your way? Can He send Sauline, uh, you know, into the city for you to greet and serve? And that's something we we need to think about because so many have left it up to left the work to other people. Well, I'm not on that auxiliary. God didn't never establish those auxiliaries. He established deacons. He uh, he that was part of His permissive will. Uh, and the Bible said that he laid captivity captive and gave gifts unto men, some apostles, prophets, evangelists, uh, pastors for the teaching, for the edifying of the saints. And so uh, none of that says anything about auxiliary. And so uh, can God send Saul or Saline uh, into your city and you uh, greet them and serve them? You know, and so uh, that may have been when we meet somebody, and we do a simple thing for them. It could be the prayer that was that they had prayed, Lord, if I just had. 
Lord God, I just need, Lord, I just want, and God uses you. And through that, something is triggered in their life. The Bible goes on to say, and the man was journeying with him, stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his and when his eyes were opened, so his eyes were closed, he opened his eyes up, he still didn't see nobody. And they led him over to Damascus, and he was there three days without sight, neither drink nor uh, food. He, he wasn't hungry for nothing. Now, you know, in studying this, I, I was read some commentaries, and I, I'm very, um, I, I, commentaries are very comical to me with uh, how deep they try to get on something that is so simple. The scripture plainly says that he was trembling and he was astonished. Well, the commentaries was trying to say they tried to went all the theological with it, try to go all deep. You know that Paul was fasting because of what he had seen, and and that you know maybe he was preparing for baptism or ministry. Uh, listen, the man was terrified. He was shocked. He was in fear. The scripture plainly says he was trembling, uh, like any of us would have been trembling, astonished, scared, scared, terrified. Mm, at least anybody with some common sense. You know, we lose our appetite over some of the some of the simplest things. We lose our appetite when we have a rough day at work. We lose our appetite when uh, relationships don't go right. When we don't want to get out to bed because uh, he broke up with me, she broke up with me. You know, it's over. Or, you know, maybe uh, we lost a job. Uh, there are different things that trigger. But the point is, is that we lose our appetite and our desire at time to do things because of what we're dealing with. This man had an experience where he was blinded by the light of the of immortality and heard a voice and had a conversation and, and really just rocked his world, messed him up from the things that he believed. And so uh, Saul thought. The disciples' message was a myth until this day. This day was a day like no other. The light came for Saul, and he couldn't hide. When the light comes for you, you're not going to be able to hide. You know, but, uh, and that light is coming. Listen, we're looking for the light. We're looking for the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Even so, come, Lord Jesus with that being said, we should all prepare. Now, we found getting ready, but be ready. This is Pastor Carl Henderson with Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. If you're in the Southern California area, uh, you know, um, uh, we look forward to seeing some faces, you know, and, and certainly solicit your prayers as we pray for you. And, you know, seek God. Keep God first. Keep God, number one, numero uno, keep him lifted up, amen. I'll be back on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. Uh, seeking the Lord with you. And with that being said, be blessed. I love you. Love somebody else. Share the broadcast with someone. Encourage their hearts as well. In Jesus' name.